0: Sometimes when I was, because in Australia, in many places, remotely, there is no Internet. When I was driving, it was 35 degrees or 40 and it felt 50. And there is nothing, just a, a road and the deserts around. And you're like, OK, if I, my tires blow up now, I know how to change it. But I don't have con- Internet connection, phone connection. I wish sometimes someone would be there, but I can do it by myself. Hi, welcome to Shot of Inspiration, the podcast which gives you a different perspective about life and share inspiring life stories. I'm Sarah and I decided to share stories and experiences about citizens of the world I'm meeting on my personal journey. They decided to create the life they want, do what they love, and define their own vision of success and happiness. Because you don't need to be successful to share an inspiring story. This podcast is yours, so let's take a shot of inspiration! This fifth episode is a special one. It's my turn to introduce myself and share my story. I created this podcast to record the life stories and experience of friends, strangers, colleagues, to get inspiration and strength when I need it. There is a reason behind that. I also went through a big life change and made a decision at the age of 26, which led me to Australia. Soon, I'll be celebrating my fourth anniversary living here. Some of you asked me questions about my story and I'm so grateful for your curiosity. These questions will be posed by my dear friend Marisa, an incredibly inspiring woman who is the person who knows my Australian story the best. We met on my first month in Australia and we have been having a similar path around the country together. I've divided this episode into two parts because it's hard to summarize such a big life change in 30 minutes. In this first part, I'll discuss how, after completing five years of studies in a business school and starting a promising career in marketing and sales in Paris, I made the bold decision to leave it all behind and travel to Australia with nothing but a backpack. I'll share my journey of working and traveling solo in Australia, how I build my confidence to learn about hospitality and solo traveling, and the occasional feelings of insecurity and loneliness that can come with such an adventure. So here is our conversation. Hope you like it. Hi, Marisa. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are in the beautiful garden of Marisa and Pablo, which is the cat. So, if you hear the cat during our interview, that's normal. Uh, we ha- we, uh, it's a beautiful spring afternoon, and we decided to do the interview outside. So, if you hear birds playing all trains, that's fine because that's. It will be. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> yeah, we will hear. And today we swapped the roles. So, Marisa, you heard her beautiful voice during the first episodes. Mm-hmm. And today she's gonna to be the one that is gonna interview me, and uh, I received some really nice and interesting questions on Instagram about my my story. So hopefully we will uh, answer to this question. I will answer to this question, um, and I will make the questions. And she will make the questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, I let now Marisa to be the leader of this interview. Well. <laughs> Many people will
1: recognize my voice, I think, this pretty strong Spanish accent <laughs> from the first interview. Valencia. <laughs> um, I've been already in this podcast with Sara the first time, and that was so much fun that i have be glad to be honor as well for do this interview, which actually we are going to start straight away.
0: All right. Are you ready?
1: I am ready. Okay. (laughs) So the first questions that many people um, ask you is if you can share what initially motivated or inspired you to come to Australia. What was this moment that it clicks and say, okay, I need a change and
0: why Australia? And I'm going. Yeah. Um, So I arrived in Australia when I was 26 years old. And at that point of my life, I finished, I was after, I was finishing my studies after six years with a gap year in a business school. And I was starting my work life because in France, and I think it's a bit the same same same. in in Spain, after the high school at 18, usually go to study three, four, five years. And then you start working at the age of 23. I started working at the age of 24 because I did one or two gap years and I was in Paris at that time and I was working in marketing and sales in food industry with like um, also an extra uh, specificity Mm -hmm. in sustainable development and so I spent money for my studies I worked hard for five years and I during my studies I, I've been traveling. I was I had the opportunity to work abroad. so I've done an internship in Belgium. I've studied in Spain, I've done an internship in Mexico and I come from a traveler family. so I was in Paris. I, I had this job in the same company for the last three years where I work in internship and as part of my studies. And I loved it, but I knew I wanted to work abroad. Mm-hmm. I knew I had a feeling I want to live abroad. But for me that was I'm gonna live abroad through my with my job. So I work in marketing and sales, so I'm gonna find a marketing and sales jobs and work abroad. Many
1: people around you have done that, right? Like I know that your two sisters they have moved with their company to different countries yeah. and maybe that's why they
0: initial idea that you had for exactly and i studied five years i spent money in a business school so of course like my in my like mind that was i'm going to live abroad and work in marketing and in france there is this system where until you're 28 years old you can work for a french company abroad and they pay for the system etc and so I decided to start applying. You have a specific like uh, organism for that. And I started to apply. And in marketing and sales, with I, I think it's the same in every country, there is a lot of competitions. And I was working in a big company in food industry. And so I started to apply to jobs in Barcelona, in Prague, in Ireland. I remember in the USA as well, in Brazil. And for the company I was working for, they had subsidiaries in Chicago and New York. And I applied. And when you apply, it's not like in Australia. You have a big process. You have yeah. maybe seven steps. And it, it lasts up to three or four months. And you have to send first resume cover later. Then you have to do visual, videos. You have to do like a, a, a real case study. You have to go there and you have maybe interviews with a lot of people, etc. And I've done that for a year and a half. I applied, I applied, I applied. I think I've done, I had a board with all my uh, application. I think I've done 130 applications. Nice. I was still working in this company in Paris. Then I stopped and then I came back to this company. And even through my company, they had opportunities in Chicago and they were like, yeah, you're going to get the job. No problem. I was in competition with some people and I never got the job. Never got mm. it. And through this 130 Application Seven times I got an opportunity to go further in the process. Mm-hmm. Seven times I was in the final. Oh. So the final two people. And usually yeah. it starts with 300 people, you know. Mm-hmm. Seven times I've done like the three to seven steps. It's a lot and of investments. You, almost, yeah, you learn a lot of about the companies. I went to... <clears throat> I went to Dublin for an interview. I went to Paris several times. I went to Spain. I went to Belgium. I went to North of France. So I moved every time to do the final interview. And the seven times, it was not me. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. Every yeah. time I was crying because it's a All lot of like uh, personal investments. You, and You imagine yourself. I imagine myself living in Brazil. I imagine myself living in Chicago, living in Dublin. And every time there was not a single bad reason. it was just you're amazing but this other person was amazing as well and this person had an extra than you and so it made me feel like i was never enough so i applied to a job where you had to speak spanish and english and then the other person was speaking portuguese so they took this one i applied to a marketing job and they took an engineer Uh, and so at the end i was tired and my company in france told me we can give you a job in france that's okay and in few years, if you want to move uh, abroad, you will move abroad in a few years. And I was like, I don't want to go in a few years. I'm 25. I want to go now. Yeah. Because in few years, maybe I will have an apartment. I will have a boyfriend. I will have a family. And I will not do it. And I was upset against my company in France for not letting me go there and telling me, you're amazing. You're doing a good job. But we gave the job to this other person. And so I think the feeling came yeah. from that point. Because I was never enough and I was waiting for a company to give me the opportunity to live
1: abroad. It's such a difference when you do something by your own and you know that the responsibility to get it or not is your own. Mm. Your own motivation, your own initiative
0: that when you actually depend of the company. Definitely. And at the end that's a friend that helped me realize so one of my best friends from france she went to australia with a working holiday visa and also what blocked me is that i was feeling that if i go to australia i would be a waitress and in my old beliefs i studied five years i can't like waste anything to become a waitress because i should have done it at 18 years old and not spend money in a business school to just Go to Australia and be a waitress. And my friend was in Australia. She, I think she was there six months or eight months before I arrived. And she was telling me her stories, working in the bar, what she was doing, and I was like, that's amazing. And I think the last job interview where they said, sorry, you're amazing, but we chose someone else, and I cried so bad. And I was like, This is enough. Like I want to go to I want to go abroad. I will go by myself. I will not wait for a company. To give me a job and to give me the life I want. If I want to live abroad now, I just have to take my suitcase and I have to go. And that's why I came to Australia. Great.
1: Great decision. (laughs) Yeah, great decision. Yeah, yeah,
0: the best. Because actually, yeah, it's what you say. You don't have
1: to wait. You just... Well, you have to wait for the visa. (laughs) Sometimes takes. But the visa, I got it in two days. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah. And so the first... How easy The first... um, step was to buy the visa Mm -hmm. which is like you for I think it's 400 euros yeah around that that. yeah and I bought the visa first and then I bought my flight. just because I think that was the day after I I cried and was like I'm just tired it's been a year and a half that I've been doing application over application and also in my life my daily life the the feeling I had is the job was nice the company was nice it was fun But it was just fun. I was not feeling inside me that I was like enjoying my life. And what's the biggest alarm was normally I'm a person that wakes up really easily. And I was going to work later and later and later. I was not waking up at the point where uh, normally you should be at work at 8 or 8.30. You know, it's office work. Mm -hmm. At the end, I was almost at work at 10 o'clock because I didn't want to wake up to go there. Yeah. And I was like, Sarah, there is a problem. Lack of motivation. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But that happens too often with this kind of office jobs. They, it's, it's really hard to find um, this extra motivation to go. Because you know that you're going to spend the whole day probably alone in an office between four walls.
0: I chair. think it's more you, you, I think people some people likes it. Like yeah, yeah, my this... I wasn't uh, how do you say an open on an, an office uh, open, so yeah. I had a lot of colleagues, but it's just I, I liked it, but I was not like uh in love with it. Yeah. And okay. I think if you're not in love with it, you don't want to wake up. Mm-hmm. You don't have the motivation. It's true.
1: It's strange because I'm always like a V Um i refusing the job office because for me it's not enough. Like it's boring. Mm. It feels like I'm trapped in that four walls, and time don't go. So because okay, it I might feel like, be like the days are you. longer. And yeah, that's why. Mm. And I can understand certain jobs, marketing, might be one of them. They require you to be in an office, at least in front of the computer. So that's the kind of things that. Probably you were thinking in find something similar when. when I was used to work yeah. in an
0: office mm-hmm. in in Brazil or everywhere. Like my my life for me that was I'm gonna live abroad in marketing and sales. But then I realized the companies would not offered me that because it was my dream. So I did, if it's my dream, I do it myself. But yeah. actually, as you say. I was like, okay, I'm having a working holiday visa, but I, I arrived in Australia with my nice clothes from office work and I was thinking about working in an office. But and my in, first job was yeah, in an office. If
1: I recall well, yeah. We yeah. were in
0: Perth and you find it. I and found it's an something office. Something
1: related as well, like kinda of, because you were translating things and uh, your job was
0: It was it was good. interesting, but I was the same. I was bored and I was falling asleep behind the computer. So my first job that I found in an office, that was my first job in Australia. And I was a translator from French to English or English to French, which is normally, I haven't studied translation, but it was like a African, no, it was an Australian company that was extracting gold in Africa, in Burkina Faso, where they speak French, but they were Australian and they didn't speak French. So they needed someone to translate everything. And it wow. was interesting, but I was falling asleep. And I, I think that's when I realized I think, Sarah, office work is done for you. You're in Australia. You need to have a proper backpacker and working holiday visa life. And you... get an experience, something that you never did before. Exactly. And so I sent back all my nice, fancy clothes, office clothes to friends, And I decided to have like just, yeah, waitress clothes. But that's, yeah, to answer the question, that's the start. And so I took my visa and then my flight six months before leaving to Australia And I let myself two months to get ready everything because I never done that before. So I had to buy a backpack to not have much clothes. And I told everyone, I told my family, and I was hard at the beginning, I think for my dad, because he was like, you studied five years, like how can you let everything just to be a waitress in Australia? But I proved him, I said, I show you for a year and a half, I tried so hard to get a job in marketing and it didn't work. So I think that when he doesn't work, it doesn't work, you can't push too much. That's a sign. And I was telling him, I'm going to Australia and if it doesn't work, well, I just take it as holidays and I come back in a few months. And my company in Paris was ready to have me back. So yeah, I left at 26 years old. Wow. Mm -hmm. And since then, I mean, it's been
1: three years in Australia. Three years and a half. Wow. And I haven't been back yet in (laughs) France. Oh God. Um, Well, that will be for the next <laughs> questions, but I know that you are planning to go and you have everything ready to go. So that that will be another question. But um, tell us what you have accomplished, what, what you have done it like, w- which kind of jobs, um, where do you have lived, all these things that
0: so, for uh... everyone Yeah, is the most interesting part like, that's a hard question yeah. to answer what <laughs> like what do you have accomplished what did I accomplish Marisa <laughs> uh, what I have accomplished is so I came to Australia first to just my idea was work abroad learn English and I thought I would work in marketing but then I realized I don't like marketing anymore and I don't I can't work in an office I can't stand being in an office but the funny things and less funny as well is I arrived in Australia and then they closed the borders three weeks because of the COVID. So I think that's a major thing in my Australian experience as well. I actually, I was, I I arrived in Perth and I was like, I'm going to visit Australia, Perth two weeks, get used to, the accent, I had a pretty good English already, but Australian accent is different and the way of life and back living in the backpack place as well, because living in a hostel, I've done it for a few days, but never like for, I we live, live to three months, I think, in the hostel when I arrived. But then they closed the borders and they shut up everything. So I got stuck in the hostel for three months with, with you? Me? <laughs> with me and many and other amazing 20, people. 25 people. And that was mo- one of my best time in Australia. But that was hard because at that time we were scared. We didn't know what was COVID. And I was just in Australia for three weeks. And I saw the price to come back to um, France. And I was like, there is no way I pay 3,000 euros just for a flight back. I have 6,000. So I came with Australia with 6,000 euros. Mm-hmm to Australia and I was like I prefer to be stuck in a hostel in Australia uh, everything is pretty cheap at the moment and speak English then come back to my parents place I have no jobs I will be stuck with my parents and I will lose like five thousand dollars just to come back to be in Australia for three weeks yeah. so I stayed there well, COVID happened, but we were lucky to be in a good state. So mm-hmm. Australia is divided by states and the state we were living in, there is not much people. So they closed the borders and they were able to control COVID. And so then they open everything again. And I found my first job. Actually, my first job was the shortest job I had ever that was a two hours job (laughs) the sales I was selling so I tried to sell water pump to houses but I didn't it was hard to find a job like even Aldi or supermarket didn't want me and I was like fuck I can't even work in a supermarket like I have a six year degree and no one wants me and I found this job like and I, 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 yeah, I didn't <laughs> understood at the beginning. And then I realized it was door to door job, which I hate. Yeah. And I had to sell a water pump, <laughs> which is so hard. Did not you lasted one day? I lasted two hours. Two hours. <laughs> yeah, no. So the guy dropped us in a, like a, an area far from Perth. We were two. I was with a young Australian. And he said, OK, do your job for four hours and I come back to pick you up in four hours. And he left. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't, I can't do in that. Australia. I was like, cheating myself. I was like, I can't do that. I can't like knock at the door. And I tried. I've done like five, six houses. And I saw how people were scared of me. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do that. It's just, I hate it. I really, and I called my mom and I said, mom, I hate it. I can't, I can't do it physically. I don't want to do it. And she said, well, don't do it. And so we had two hours left. And I told the other guy, I said, I'm sorry. If you want to keep going, keep going. But I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm going to wait for the guy to come back and I'm going to tell him I'm not doing that. And so he came back and I said, I'm sorry, I don't want to do it. (laughs) And he tried to convince me and I said, no, it's just I I don't like it. I hate it. So that was my first job. Yeah. Officially. And then I found this other office job for like a few months in as a translator in an office. But after two months, I was like, I can't work in an office. And at the beginning, I thought I came with a lot of fears so I wanted to travel around Australia, but I thought I was not able to do it by myself. So I, once, I found someone to travel with. We shared a car and we've done three weeks of road trip. We were really nice, but I realized I wanted to go by myself. And so this is how I built my Australian experience. I realized that I was OK by myself. You did most of your road trips by and yourself. So then yeah. I've, I've done most of my road trip by myself, actually. So I lived in Perth in total, I think, five months. Then I left Perth and I went to the south to Margaret River where I I lived eight months there and my first year that's where I was not sure I was like you're not confident enough to travel by yourself you don't know anything about car etc so I was like experiencing many things I work in a vineyard for my farm jobs which I loved I had my first waitress experience in an Italian restaurant which was amazing with amazing yeah this restaurant was incredible and my a managers scarpet- and the owners, La Scarpetta, <laughs> uh, they they taught me everything and they gave me so much confidence. And I had two jobs for the first time at the same time. So I had these two jobs at the same time. Then I hurt myself, <laughs> which oh my was God, an yeah. experience as well. Oh I had to do, to do a surgery. I had like a work a work injury. I had to do a surgery. And then I decided, okay, Sarah, it's been a year in, in Australia. You are actually... Uh, uh, Confident enough to travel by yourself, so I bought my another car, and I started to travel by myself. So I I built a bed in my car, and I had all my camping equipment, and I was like, I had enough. If I have enough money, because I stayed in Margaret River for eight months, you have enough money to do always in Australia, and so I've traveled always in Australia by myself. Sometimes I was traveling with friends, like I did with you sometimes. Mm-hmm. For a few days, I was joining friends. Uh, some parts I didn't want to do by myself. I was do- joining friends. And then some parts I was doing by myself. And then I found a work in... Uh, just before, I found a work in Esperance, where I stayed two months. And my, I had my first bartender experience. So first waitress experience after first bartender experience. I've traveled two months and a half. And then I found a job in, the, in a roadhouse in the center. Uh, by myself pretty isolating where I stayed two months um, then I traveled two, a month and a half again uh, by myself and with a friend to Queensland and then I met you met there in LA in Beach in Queensland mm-hmm. where I stayed three months on an island I work on an island and there I was waitress and bartender and then we traveled again for for a month and a half together oh yeah, yeah we I went think to Tasmania. Exactly. it was nearly 2 months traveling yeah so nearly 2 months travelling mm-hmm. and then i went to south australia so i've done pretty much all around australia and then i went to south australia because everyone was like don't go to south australia it's boring and i always do what people <laughs> don't want yeah, to do yeah people people has
1: about the adelaide and this is not going to be a sponsored by Adelaide. But Adelaide is an amazing city. Adelaide Everyone should nice. be here like for at least holidays yeah. just to see it because it's, it's an underrated
0: city. Yeah, totally okay. agree. And so I arrived in Adelaide and I found a job that I loved from all my body and my mind for a year. I was working in a train who who is like traveling Australia and I've done that for a year and I've been in Adelaide for a year and a half because after my two years of travels... I had all my life in the car usually and I was just stopping to work two, three months in small rooms where most of my life was staying in my car. And so at the end, I really, I, I really felt the need that I wanted a room and I wanted to empty my car and I wanted a, just normal car and not a traveling car anymore. So yeah, that that's my path in Australia, just experiencing. I've done farm work. Yeah, I drove a tractor as well. Uh, wow. Work in cafes, baristas. So the more you do, I, I feel... The more confident you feel as well too yeah.
1: next, even if you never did it before, you have to do it for the first time. You're going to feel more confident because has been so many starters mm. that one more is like, okay, yeah. I, I will, I
0: will manage. Exactly. <laughs> I, I will learn and who knows how but (laughs) i think if you're scared of doing something and then you do it you're like okay so i've done it Mm -hmm. what's next so at the beginning i arrived in australia i was like i'm gonna work in marketing but then i realized no i've been waitress oh i've done it what's next i can be a bartender what's next i can be a barista or farm work i've done vineyard work oh i can drive a tractor then what's next uh travel i was scared to travel by myself and then i realized i actually like traveling by myself so i've done travel by myself What's next? Maybe doing this area that is more dangerous. What's next? Yeah. So I feel I, I've just moved like that. Every time I was scared, I was doing something, and then I wanted something more. That's good.
1: And then because I had a different uh, experience, I almost never traveled by my own. So have you find any downside to do it by yourself? Have you feel loneliness or have you feel um, insecure? danger? What mm. is the experience? Because being a woman, a young woman, traveling a country as big as Australia <laughs> by your own, it can be sometimes, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's not the first time that someone asks you how you did it and have you felt good doing it or you had regrets like, oh,
0: wow, I should, I should have prepared myself better for that. Or... No, so I definitely felt insecurities and danger. For sure. Uh, because I think it's a woman things all around the world. Yeah. And you will. We've, we've, we, we have it stuck in our mind. Yeah, exactly. Like something is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Being a woman alone yeah. is dangerous. You, gr- you We grew up with yeah, that. Exactly. And everyone reminds you. So what I, I actually never felt alone until a point where I, I will tell you like later. But when I started to travel by myself, I was just like, I, I will always remember the first time. I left by myself. I had the bed in my car. I had all my stuff. And I was like, I'm going for two months of traveling. And I think I cried of happiness. I had such joy in my mind. And like, I can do what I want, listen to what music I want, stop where I want it, what I want. And no one will tell me what to do. And I felt so much joy as well because everywhere I stopped, where I was sleeping in free camps, people comes to you like i feel because i travel with you so i travel mm-hmm. with people and i travel by myself and i can see the difference where when you by yourself and a woman people comes and they're like do you want to share dinner with us and they ask you oh you're traveling by yourself or oh, by yourself oh you're so brave where are you from and so i never felt alone because everywhere i went people That's come true. to talk to you mm-hmm. even in the street even if you eat in a roadhouse on a pub or by yourself people it depends which states, but I would say Western Australia, Northern Territory and Queensland. I have so many beautiful stories that I shared a, a fire camp, a campfire or like dinner or conversation with people that were interested in what I was doing. And sometimes I was like, I actually i am never alone. Everywhere <laughs> I go, I'm never alone. So I, I, I felt loneliness at the moment where I was tired to travel alone. So for like two years, I was so happy to be by myself. I've done some small hikes by myself, things like that. But then there was a time where I felt I don't want to be alone anymore. And then I struggle with loneliness because every time I was going out of my car, I was like, I don't want to do this alone. I don't want to do this hike alone. So I think if you want to travel by yourself, you're not going to feel lonely. But then if you don't want to travel by yourself anymore, then you feel loneliness. You feel that you want to share with someone. And That's the things
1: like probably um, ups and downs to be alone is that sometimes we find peace being alone mm. and you get to connect with yourself, to think about things and yeah, basically know you better. But then at the same time, the bad moments when something happens to the car, when, I don't know, you get lost or when there is a hike of six hours, things like this, when, when mm. things are not that amazing these bad moments we can call it if you are alone it's like harder yeah it feels like it's less bad when you share
0: it with someone else i, I don't agree. know it's a bit more tiring so i've i've when for example i was like comparing to my friends that were traveling together Sometimes I feel I needed extra days when I was traveling because first traveling in a road trip is not, uh, you're not resting. You drive all the time. You drive all the time. And I had, I was by myself. So you have to think about always uh, the distance where you want to go. Uh, in Australia, the distances are big. So when a, you're going to find a petrol station, do you have enough food? Do you have enough water? How is the temperature? Where are you going to sleep? And then you arrive at the free camps. You have to set up everything. You have to cook for yourself. You have to sleep and or like even organize the next day. Then you have to wake up and organize everything again. And and so I found that it was never like uh, restful being by myself. That was tired sometimes to always... And I feel when you share a road trip, the extra person... Can look at where is the next petrol station. Can look at where um, is the free camp if it's available, etc. Other than that, I had to do by myself. And you can't do that when you're driving because it's dangerous. Yeah. So yeah, I had to stop sometimes, etc. But yeah, the insecurities I felt was for me the biggest thing was my car. I'm, I'm in France. My dad was doing all my mechanics things, so I I didn't know how to change a tire. I didn't know how to check my levels, and In Margaret River, I was like, I feel really grateful. I was working with a dad uh, that was making, uh, checking my car and one of my friend car. He was like our private mechanic and he wanted to teach us. He said, I know you backpackers. He was from England. Uh, You are traveling all around Australia. I want you to show me how you change your tires. And so he taught me, taught us how to change our tires and how to check our levels. So this gave me confidence. Mm -hmm. That if something and actually when I was like uh, doing some road trips, I saw some males. You can think that males know everything about mechanics that broke down or like that um, the tire blew up and they were so bad at changing the tires. And I was the one giving them advice and said that it's dangerous what you're doing. And I had the one that had like the 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 things to change the tires, etc. And they didn't have. So this gave me confidence. But I agree that sometimes when I was. Because in Australia, in many places remote, there is no internet. It's true. When I was driving, it was 35 degrees or 40, and it felt 50. And there is nothing, just a, a road and the deserts around. And you're like, okay, if I, my tires blow up now, I know how to change it. But I don't have con- internet connection, phone connection. I wish sometimes someone would be there, but I can't do it by myself. And as well as because we
1: put so much effort in our cars, that they are our house, we have everything mm. there. So if something happens to the car, it will mean, first, a lot of money. Second, find a solution to carry with all our stuff, leaving the car behind. And yeah. third is the possibility to, to say goodbye to to the road trip, like no more road trips end. <laughs> and thus, you have waited for that month and you mm. saved money for that. And then just a simple, yeah, fail on the car can put you again back on the in the beginning but i think you have to
0: live with that it's normal like oh everyone will never do it yeah yeah otherwise you will never do it and i was like just moving knowing that sometimes sometimes i was driving and suddenly i had this little fear and i was like that's okay there is always a car driving you might wait an hour maybe for an hour there won't be cars but i have enough water so i'm a pretty like I heard you say secure person so yeah. I always had enough water and yeah, I extra yourself. petrol I wasn't mm. always prepared and um, I remember if I could see that a road I was not feeling like a dirt road doing it by myself I was not doing it I didn't push myself too much into danger as well because Australia can be dangerous there is also plenty of wild animals uh, but yeah insecurities you always like in, uh, feel insecurities I remember this once time I went, I was when I was working in the center, close to where I was working in the roadhouse in the middle of nothing, there was Rainbow Valley, which is beautiful, but it's like an hour, I think, off road in the sand. Mm -hmm. And I asked an Australian, a friend, and he said, yeah, just go. It's super easy with your car. Super easy. Just go. And I went there by myself because I had days off for one night and it was actually an hour and a half driving in the sand, but the sand was super like heavy and I was there and I was like, anyway, you can't stop. There was no phone connections. But well, I was maybe 40 minutes by car from where I was working. But walking, it's maybe five hours, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the desert. And I was like, anyway, just I was scared. I knew the free camp was at the end and it was OK. And I was like, anyway, you can't stop. I didn't see any cars on the other way. There was no cars. And I have did it. I've done it. And it was OK. It was fine. I succeed and there was one guy on the free camp was no internet connection i had a beautiful night it was stunning and then i was thinking about but you have to do it on the way back and i was like if you've done it on the way up your Mm, car is okay on the way back it's fine because my fear was getting bogged in the middle of like maybe 20 kilometers from the road and i didn't get bogged and it was fun so sometimes obviously you have little insecurities don't trust everyone then because then i told him It was dangerous. What you made me do? Yeah, Uh, I'm not sure my (laughs) car was like ready. Yeah, they are a bit like this. Like,
1: can I swim in this lake? Yeah, 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 not a problem. And then you can see crocs around, (laughs) and you're like,
0: oh no, (laughs) they do it, but doesn't mean like it's safe to do it. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, obviously sometimes I had little insecurities, and then danger. I felt it when sometimes I was so I slept alone in my car. So most of the times when I was going in free camps, I was trying to go to free camps where there is people's crowds and most of them are tires, which is also nice. And sometimes when I was in the middle of nothing and there was some free camps on the side of the road with no one, I was not going because, you know, that can happen at night. Yeah. Uh, you there is some village or communities around and by myself I was not feeling like dealing with someone trying to go into a car at night in an area where there is no phone connection and there is no one so yeah I I felt twice in danger one was in Broom. When this city, yeah, we couldn't getting, find uh, yeah. camping anywhere. So with my friend, we decided to get drunk because, and to sleep on the parking in our car, which is normally illegal unless you drink alcohol because you can't drive. To, you can justify saying mm-hmm. that okay, I couldn't find, uh, couldn't go to the camping. I'm too drunk. And so we decided to sleep in the parking in front of the pub at night. And someone tried to open my car while I was inside the car, and I. F- I, I got so scared, but luckily my friend were sleeping in their car next to me. So this time I felt insecure and I was like, I will never done it anymore. I would rather pay $50 and sleep in the camping because I, I don't want to feel like, like that way. But yeah, obviously when you travel by yourself, insecurity is there. As long as you feel like you stay secure and you just go over the fears, everything is fine. Congratulations! You've just finished listening to part one of my story. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on my Instagram profile. I hope it has given you inspiration, motivation and the strength to follow your intuition and pursue the dreams you have inside you. Stay tuned for the second part coming soon. Bye!